Welcome to this episode of Circle of Trades. I'm Todd Studer, Travis Waldstein, Airsir of Heating and Air Conditioning and Council Bluffs, joining us in the studio today. Welcome back to the state, sir. Yes, uh, was out in Yuma, Arizona last week. Uh, How was the drive? Uh, let's see, 1,600 miles each direction. Um, very fast. I left Wednesday afternoon, got back Saturday night. So that, <laughs> that I'm, I'm thinking back to a, a trip that the bandit and snowman took at the Texarkana from Georgia. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, listen, it was a personal trip, not a business trip. So DOT, just mind your own business. Uh, like I said, my logbook is now back in compliance. So. <laughs> oh, that's great. Let's uh, talk a little bit today about, I know there's uh, uh, some rumors and uh, letters been going out by some contractors about this R22 thing. What can you tell us about it? Well, this came up about three weeks ago. Um, I'll, na- I'll name the contractor nameless, but they, you know, there's... Uh, well, I said uh, a lot of people in this town have service card uh, through 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 Black Hughes Utility, and they have a uh, provider that they use that does a lot of their private HVAC stuff. Um, and they sent out a letter um, talking about you know R twenty two is you know no no longer here, it's gone, and that you know you need to replace your R twenty two air conditioner. Um, and if you read the letter, it's it's a scare tactic letter in, in my opinion. Um, and I know there's one other contractor here locally that has said, you know, if it's an R22 system, we're not going to work on it. Uh, for, for those of you who don't know, to simplify it, a lot of people knew R22 is Freon. You know, that was the brand name of it for, uh, for years. It, it's a great refrigerant. Um, um, you know, the government, you know, trying to save the planet and in the names of, you know, green, which, okay, it is what it is, uh, basically came back and said in 2020, they could no longer produce R22 refrigerant. So that part is technically correct. I, I would not argue that point. But here's the thing, like for my shop, I've got 15 jugs of R22 sitting in my shop. My supply house, uh, Good Gooden Company, they've got 300 jugs of R22 um, just in their warehouse. Um, you know, there are, you know, if you have an older R22 system and you're not ready to replace it, there are drop-in replacements that are aftermarket. So, you know, so when you're, t- when, when, when the company or a contractor or something like that is telling you, well, you can't do something. You have to replace. You have to replace it because they're no longer making it. My my advice to you is get some more information. I, I've went out and talked to probably a half dozen homeowners in the last two weeks that have gotten these letters wanting quotes for replacement because you know their service guard. You know who han- who handles their service guard. Uh, the company that hand- handles the service guard contract says, hey. This is the case. Is this really true? You educate the customer. They might have 10-year-old unit. They might have 25-year-old unit. If it's running, you know, I tell people to be proactive versus reactive. But at the end of the day, if you're not ready to spend, you know, four, you know, three to five to $10,000, whatever the number may be, just because you get a letter, that doesn't mean you have to. Do your due diligence. Do your homework on it. There are options, you know, uh, eventually, will you have to replace it, you know, when it, when it quits or if R22 finally becomes where it's not available at all. Absolutely. I would argue that, but right now is not the time or place. And 
We have no problem with servicing that equipment. I will tell you it's more expensive than what it was, but that doesn't mean it can't be fixed, can't be serviced. But there's also, that's where we give customers options. If it's going to be a $500 or $1,000 repair, or you're looking at probably replacement, well, let's, let's at least look at the options and you as the consumer make the best choice. Don't let someone scare you into making that decision. It, it sounds like what you're saying is that folks have been thinking that this is a critical thing that they have to change now, and that's not the case. Yeah, that's absolutely not the case. You know, there there are there are options, and, and for anybody that's telling you that you have to do something now is doing a disservice. So, well, let's talk about um, some of the other things that are going on with this. That um, well, in, well, let's say that somebody is coming in and. Uh, uh, wants to uh, put something in and maybe there's a manufacturer warranty attached to that or maybe there's an ongoing one that's still mm-hmm. attached to that um, and what are some of the different things that you can uh, fill us in on that about you know maybe what's covered and what's not well you know when it comes to manufacturers and warranties <clears throat> one of the first things that happens is if you, we as a contractor air service council plus when we install a new system Part of our job, I feel, is because we call it out on our proposals is we actually fill out the customer's registration for them. So if you buy a new Rood furnace or AC, we go out to, you know, my Rood and we put the customer's information in because if I'm going to tell you that it's going to have a lifetime heat exchanger warranty, it's going to have a 10-year parts warranty, that's going to be a requirement, you know, in my mind for us to do. Uh, we got like 45 days to do it from the date of install because if you don't do it within that day, then it falls back to a standard warranty, which is a 20-year heat exchanger at five-year um, five year parts warranty. Now, here's what happens with all, every manufacturer. Manufacturers do not um, directly offer an extended labor warranty, um, you know, Everybody, whether they have their in-house labor warranty or they have a third-party labor warranty, uh, that is something that is always optional. Um, you know, some it, it's kind of like going to the grocery store or going to Tractor Supply or any retail chain, and you spend you know three hundred bucks, and do you want to buy the three-year extended labor warranty for nineteen ninety-five? Uh, you you know. If it's a $300 piece of equipment and it's $19.95 for the extended labor warranty, I'm probably not going to buy it. Um, but it, it comes from, you know, that does not come directly from the manufacturer, but it's available. We have gone now to where a lot of our stuff pretty much is a standard. We put a five-year labor warranty on our stuff. The reason being, it's peace of mind. And a lot of times, here's what happens. It could be a $50 part. The part's not what's going to kill you. You know, is if I charge my regular labor rate, which is 125 bucks an hour, if I'm just billing straight time, well, three hour, you know, three hours into it, the part, the $50 parts on a warranty, but you got a $500 bill. If you don't have a labor warranty, you're stuck for that. And I could tell you that three hours, you'd have been cheaper to buy the extended labor warranty, and then it costs you nothing out of pocket. Um, you know, it's not for everybody. Some people don't like that, but at the same time, with this equipment now getting to be ten to fifteen to twenty thousand dollars, I mean, by today's numbers, everything's gone up thirty, forty percent in the last four years. Um, a basic system's eight, eight to eleven thousand dollars now. That's real money, you know. And, and you know, if you don't have the money to sit down and write a eleven thousand dollar check, you know, 
you know, and, you know, we do offer financing, but the biggest thing with the labor warranties is it's peace of mind. If something does happen, it's covers taken care of. We can call AirServe or, you know, or whoever you're using and it's covered by that warranty. So, um, it, you know, it's a value. Most of your car manufacturers now are, you know, got a hundred thousand mile, three year, five year labor warranty. The reason it is because you're spending 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 thousand dollars on a vehicle. You know what? You want to know that they're going to stand behind a darn thing. Um, well, as you said, it is peace of mind is the biggest part of that because I got a buddy that he turned my thinking on this. It used to be I just didn't matter what it was, I, I turned it down. But I bought a car last year, and I ended up buying the warranty that came with it because, well, the main thing is it has a branded title. So at one point, this car was totaled, and it was completely repaired and okay. fixed and brought back to life. Well, I don't have to worry for 36,000 miles, uh, and I figure if something's wrong with their repair job that they did, it's going to happen inside of that. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to worry about it now. Yep. So I paid for that. Same thing with what you're talking about, that once you've done that, you... You've written the check. It's over with. You don't have to think about it anymore. And if something goes wrong, you can feel comfortable that it's going to be taken care of. And as I said, my thinking was changed on that just inside of the past year. Yeah, it it has. I, I listen. If you ask me, I'm not a big extended. You buy an extended warranty. Go to Nebraska Furniture Mart or wherever. As far as listen, I'm going to be like, uh, no. But I will <laughs> tell you, after buying three washers and dryers in ten years, the fourth set which I've had for five years now, I did buy the extended letter of warranty. And I literally said, listen, they have the warranty section and they have the want knob warranty section. So the clunker section is the knob warranty and the one with the better bearings and components is in this aisle. Right. So, I, I mean, I I have no proof of that, but that's my theory, um, you know, behind it. And so, you know, I that kind of changed my theory. But with this equipment now, you know, pretty much with Rude, everything that they want now pretty much is it's a given uh, that they put a minimum of a three-year. We've actually bumped that to five-year uh, on our basics uh, across the board. Um, on our higher end, when you're talking our best or our fantastic systems, we're putting a 10-year labor warranty behind it. it it's it's crazy not to um, because the labor is what's going to bite you. A lot of times, not the component if you have problems. The other thing, too, is you know with manufacturers' warranties, here's kind of what happens, too, where people don't understand this. You have a parts warranty from the manufacturer, you don't have a labor warranty. But one thing the manufacturer's warranty doesn't cover, we were just talking about Freon, right? Mm-hmm. R22 or R410A or whatever the refrigerant they're using in that, it's considered a gas. That's not a, a considered a part. So guess what? If you have a leak, that's not covered under warranty, not under the parts warranty. Okay. If you read in the fine line for your manufacturer, you know manufacturer stuff. So that's one of the big things people don't understand. Well, it's got a it's got a parts warranty. Well, Freon is not considered a part. And if you read through the fine print on the manufacturer's warranty, that's one of the few things that they don't cover. Well, if it's you know I don't care if it's what the refrigerant is, if it's fifty to hundred bucks a pound and you got to put five hundred pounds or five hundred dollars worth of refrigerant in it, and you thought it's under warranty. Now it's not, guess what? You're not going to be a happy camper. No. You're not going to be happy with me. You're not going to be happy with the distributor, manufacturer, whatever. So one of the reasons you buy a labor warranty too, because a lot of what it generally will do, at least with the ones we work with, will cover that refrigerant as far as that kind of stuff. The incident, you know, the incidentals that the manufacturer, there's not a lot of them, but refrigerant is one of them. 
Um, the other thing sometimes is, is like if you add a accessory, like a humidifier, some warranties don't cover that, you know, whether, you know, generally because it's a separate manufacturer, if you buy, if you have the labor warranty, it'll, a lot of times it'll cover your ancillary parts. Let's say like a, a non-OEM thermostat or, or like I said, manufacturer specific thermostat. So if you buy a Honeywell thermostat versus a root Econet thermostat you know, it'll cover that thermostat. If you have a humidifier, a lot of times your humidifier will be covered. Your accessories, if you have that labor warranty. If not, and you just go buy the parts warranty, it's literally the furnace, the AC, the indoor coil. Um, let's say you have a component that's outside of that, it's not covered. So, you know, if you, outside of the manufacturer, because the manufacturer's warranty is just strictly on that particular equipment. So I don't think people quite understand that. And some I've gotten more than one conversation in in in, re, in regards to that. So I think that uh, one of the things I really appreciate about you, Travis, is you're very upfront with folks about that, and you want to make sure that you're taking care of tomorrow's problems right now. That you don't want to have that conversation later when they weren't aware of that. So you're going to take care of this right now, and it's it's something that uh, I've always appreciated about you. Uh, the uh, one of the, the biggest parts of the podcast that we do here is trying to get more young people involved in the trades. And how, how do you how do you feel that message has been going? You know, for us here, um, I think it's been going up pretty good, actually. Uh, I want to get more people from the business community in here to, to talk. Uh, frankly, part of it's my own, my own doing because I'm so darn busy. I'd be the first one to tell you. Um, but I think the message is getting out um, as far as that goes. What I've discovered here in the last couple months um, is I think, manu- I, say, I say manu- but the business community is really understanding how, I don't want to say desperate, but how important it is. Um, you know, I was talking, well, I was reading the news or whatever. Uh, over in Des Moines two weeks ago, they had... Something through one, for the schools over there, they had a bun- whole bunch of high school students from around the state that came over to, I believe it was DMAC, and they had kind of a trades day on campus. So you could see different trades and whatnot. And there were certain contractors that were there on that during that day to show them the process, exposing, you know, the high school kids um, to, you know, to their program, which, listen, that's part you know just i don't care if you want to go be a plumber i don't care if you want to go be an electrician i don't care if you want to be a framer whatever that job is getting kids to see hey you don't have to go this traditional route um so you're seeing that um i had long story short uh last week i had a friend of mine i use that word loosely uh, here we go <laughs> he'll he'll know who it is that uh he he he's buddy buddies with old Johnny Rogers, the old Heisman Trophy right. candidate from Nebraska. Um, you know, of course, and I love to give my Husker fans a bad time. We all know this, but we actually had a kind of a nice conversation. And you know, I I've heard of the Jet Foundation. You know, I was born in '73, so I, I mean, so for you old timers that are you know in love with Nebraska football, I get it. Um, but his jet foundation now, and I, this is the thing I did not realize is that he's going uh, actually sponsoring this through Metro, um, uh, you know, scholarships through his jet foundation. And that's pretty much the premise of it. And so if you want to go to school for trades, you know, nursing, 
HVAC, plumbing, framing, you know, a lot of stuff that they offer at the Metro North Campus. Um, they talked about this automotive and the South Campus for Metro South. There's like a million dollars in scholarships that his program does. Some of it's high school. Some of it's maybe a little bit more non-traditional. Some of us, he says he's had guys that are 50, 60 years old. I say guys or gals right. that have been through that program. So it's cool to hear, you know, that them things are getting out. I mean, that's positive, you know, for, for, for the industry, you know, and, you know, and, and from talking to him, he, they're actually looking at doing a little bit of an outreach here, um, in, in the Southwest Iowa. I don't know if it's going to involve Iowa Western or whatnot, but, you know, he grew up in North Omaha. I mean, you know, he considers it, you know, part of the Omaha community. So he's looking at maybe doing some stuff over here too for students. And I'm like, listen, anybody that's willing to promote people to get into the trades, no matter their affiliation of football teams, listen, we need people there. I, th- I think it's fantastic. So not enough to turn you into a Husker fan, but maybe a Johnny Rogers fan. Eh, yeah. And, <laughs> and listen, I've met Johnny three or four times. You know, he, he, he's a good guy. And I have to admit, you know, he's got a Heisman Trophy ring that's, you know, pretty cool to look yeah. at. I, I actually, I, I hadn't seen him wear it before, but he had the other night. I said, let me take a look at that thing. And I said, I looked at him and said, you know, I said, that's pretty cool. I have, I had to admit. So you know, the, the, the coolest uh, championship ring I ever saw was uh, uh, 69 Mets championship oh, ring. I saw one. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, you know, you think about, we talked about his, you know, the, the thing with him, and I think this is with anybody, you, you know, and, and, you know, I, I, listen, I'll throw just a council, let's get Max Duggan. You know, I've done work for his dad for years, you know. A lot of the guys are down to earth. He belongs, you know, it's, listen, he, if he comes back to his hometown, you know, Johnny lives in th- three blocks from where he grew Max, he's got a ton of friends up here. He's the same person that, you know, left high school four years ago. You know, has a guy's roots, humble, and, and you know, and, and, you know, is willing to give back and, and pay gratitude. You know what, you can't ask for, you know, anything more than that, you know, because, you know, once once they leave, that there's, there's no saying you have to do it. So, you know, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, with what particular, what Johnny does, but, uh, it's a bigger thing for people just wanting to learn, you know, and, and make a career and listen, make a living. That's the most important part. You're, you're right. That is the most important part. What is the goal to going through whatever secondary education that you have? Ultimately it's to make a living and to make a good life for yourself. And you can have a very good life working in the trades absolutely so yeah because i don't have a face for radio you know (laughs) (laughs) you were talking about that event over in des moines i read a news story just last week that i don't know if it's the same young people might have been that you know they paved they put concrete into the beer tent at the state fair Uh state fairgrounds that was that was high school kids they had out there working on that there was actually a deal what's the non-parallel i saw this uh through Kessler School, I believe they call it Tradeworks. Don't, if I butcher the name, call me, correct me for what it is. I've actually, I, they got a board meeting next week. I need to try to get to. Um, but that's, they were actually doing um, a house over, T, uh, it's a house or a building they were construction, constructed over at TJ. So these are TJ and AL students. They're put, you know, putting up trusses, putting up walls, um, this kind of stuff. And I know they'd mentioned about, you know, possibly doing the Habitat home or stuff too. You know what? Those are hands-on skills opportunity that, that, you know, these kids ain't, you know, haven't had, you know, 
for years. And if you've had them, you've had to go to trade school to get them. So now they're going to explore some of us in high school and they're not going to be a master, but you know, it gets them to, Hey, this beast the heck out of sitting in the classroom doing classwork, you know? Oh, of course it does. Yeah. You know, it's I'd, I'd have given anything back then to be able to go and do a project like that. Yeah. So I, I thought that was really, that that's really cool. You know, like I said, and that, and that's the thing. So, you know, if we can highlight stuff, you know, um, that's going on, you know, if, you know, if, you know, any of the schools are having that opportunity, I know that, uh, Lewis central has their career fair every year, the way they talk, and it's literally all tradespeople that are in there, you know, companies, you know, that are looking for people. Um, and, and here's the deal. I, you, I get resumes every day, you know, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 years old. Hey, I was working, you know, I went to college, you know, not doing it anymore, or I'm working at, you know, Casey's and I, I want something more. Nothing wrong with working at Casey's, but they want something more. They want an, they want an opportunity. And, and, you know, and part of this is the, um, let people know that this op- these opportunities are are available, and you just gotta ha- have a chance or an opportunity to be exposed to them. Well, Travis, uh, appreciate your time. Glad you're back in the state. I'm actually doing a very similar drive uh, at the end of May, uh-huh. uh, going to Bloomfield, New Mexico. Oh, that, yeah, that's quite a, quite a yeah. you know I learned something on it. Actually, I learned something. I read this, and this is like totally off the cuff, but I gotta bring this up. Have you ever heard of toilet spray? Tell me about it. <laughs> My son informed me was out in Seattle two months ago. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he informed me of this, and I thought he was full of it. So if you don't if you don't put down the lid when you flush your toilet, it gets toilet spray. And he was worried about getting toilet spray in his toothbrush. <laughs> well, it turns out this must be a real thing, because there was like an article on Fox News or one of the major networks about this now. So... um I never thought I'd see the day in my life to where this would become a major everyday discussion for a reason to put down the toilet seat. <laughs> I got nowhere to go with that, man. Well, it is, it is either that or we can talk about the quarterbacks at Iowa, which they did have. A, the quarterbacks looked pretty good in the spring game. For those <laughs> well, and uh, we can be thankful that I've been uh, watching what's going on out in Colorado and the mass exodus going into the transfer portal of everybody leaving. But from what I heard, I just read another story that, um, and this is way off topic, but um, it sounds like the coaching staff is actually encouraging them to go do it. So uh, it's I, it's tough what's happening out there. I think that is good. You're gonna they're gonna learn really quick about how not to. They're they're treating the players. As a commodity, mm-hmm. and to me, that's scary. That's really freaking scary as far as what they're doing. Um, and I think with doing that, um, it sounds great right now. And what happens two years from now when D- Primetime or Dion, whatever you want to call him, leaves Colorado to go to Florida State or he goes to try this in the NFL? I mean, I I think it's bad for college football. I think it's bad for Colorado. Um, I know some Nebraska fans are a little upset. I actually think rightly slow, slow, so because of some of the smack talk that's been going on by Colorado um, with recruiting. And it's like, you know, I think there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. You know, I think Dion, well, time will tell. But I don't predict any big, or not big 12, Pac-12, big 12, whatever conference Colorado's going to join. 
um, winning any conference titles or national titles in the future, unless they seriously stabilize what's going on there. Because why would you have a kid, kids go through spring practice, work through, have the one be the wide receiver of the game, you know, whatever, and then tell him he's not good enough and, and say, enter the transfer portal? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. There, there's a lot of good players, but I don't think there's that many good players. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I, I miss the days of, uh, you know, there was only 12 bowl games and, you know, you knew what they were. There weren't the ever-changing sponsorships on them and uh, all this different stuff. I just, I, I miss the old times, but we just kind of have to adapt and move on, I guess. And this is the latest. I mean, transfer portal's real. Uh, you know, NILs are real and yeah. we just have to live with it. I think it's interesting. And I know we're sort of going off topic with the transfer portal. Uh, you know, I'm not a huge fan. Yes, I'm an Iowa fan, but I'm not a huge Fran McCaffrey fan. But he talked about the mess that the transfer portal has done with mid major colleges, you know, and, and, you know, telling kids they should opt out and, and, and transfer. And even, you know, Kirk is talking about other coaches have came out and made it vocal. Kirk wasn't overly vocal about it, but. If you need a complimentary piece, I think it's good, but you're taking away a scholarship. You know, you're giving up a scholarship with the assumption you're going to get a better deal. And I think you, if you're at a college, you know, let's say at Iowa, Iowa State, or Nebraska, they got people in the know to know what your value is or isn't. And listen, if you're year four and you're on the B or C depth team, you're probably not going to play. And if you want to try to go somewhere else to play, don't think anybody's going to blame you, but if you've been there for a year and you're not starting, you know, I think it's a mistake for a lot of these kids to give, give up or move on from an opportunity because for the Keegan Johnson's and Arlen Bruce's of the world, you know, there's a lot of other players that, you know, they don't get, they don't get on somewhere else or they end up going the Juco route or whatever else, because for whatever reason. And, uh, um, you know, unfortunately, I, you, the more you read, there's hard lessons, but people want to ch- think they can chase the money. And the reality is for every um, Manning that's out there, there's a lot of people not um, named Manning mm-hmm. that are out there. And if you read on that, he hasn't been paid a dime for his NIL deal because he's not going to start this fall. He could sit at Texas for three years and not start. So I think we should uh... – go ahead and just schedule a show where we do nothing but talk college football oh we could definitely do that. <laughs> uh, so yeah and i might even be nice to nebraska fans for a minute on that one so, and iowa state fans uh, a minute maybe maybe a minute that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> travis waltstein air surf heating and air conditioning and council bluffs the podcast is circle of trades we thank you for listening and invite you to go back listen to some of the older episodes and uh keep watching for the new ones that come out each week until next time take care